go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your guest host, Dr. Jade Wu. And for longtime listeners, I'm also a blast from the past as a former host of the show, here to give you a mini-series on my favorite topic, sleep. And to tell you about my new book, Hello Sleep, The Science and Art of Overcoming Insomnia Without Medications. For the next three weeks, I'll help you meet snooze challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we start with the four biggest myths we hear about sleep. This is what William Shakespeare said about sleep. Innocent sleep, sleep that soothes away all our worries, heals hurt minds, sleep the main course in life's feast, and the most nourishing. A lot has changed about our lifestyle since Shakespeare's day, but what he said about sleep is more true than ever. Now we know that sleep doesn't just feel good, it's also crucial for every aspect of our health. It cleans our brains, heals our injuries, fortifies our immunity, regulates our emotions, cements our memories, soothes our pain, and there's nothing in our bodies and brains that doesn't depend on good sleep. That's why when you haven't slept well, you're cranky and dragging and constantly misplacing your keys. That's also why people are paying more attention to sleep. There are, for example, technological advances in sleep gadgets every year. Uh, Jennifer Aniston and other celebrities are speaking out about their own struggles with sleep. TikTok videos of sleep hacks are going viral. In 2020, the sleep aid industry was worth $81 billion, and that's projected to reach $113 billion by 2025. Part of the problem might be that we are bombarded with headlines and social media about sleep hacks and sleep tips, and it's just hard to sort out what's true and what's not. Does melatonin work? Just how much deep sleep should I be getting? Is it bad that I always wake up at 2 a.m.? Today, to set the record straight, we're going to pick apart four of the biggest myths about sleep so you can stop wondering and get back to snoozing. Myth number one. I should be able to sleep through the night. From the moment a baby is born, everybody around them prays for the day it sleeps through the night. And in adulthood, that's what we expect of ourselves to do too. So many of my patients are upset when they wake up at night. Some of them even stop drinking fluids after dinner so they don't have to pee overnight, hoping that this will mean they finally get the unbroken sleep that they dream of. But guess how many times a healthy adult sleeper wakes up during the typical night? Not once, not twice, but 10 to 16 times. That's right, it's totally normal to wake up around a dozen times, though most of those we don't remember because they're so brief. But not-so-brief awakenings can be normal too. 
In fact, in pre-industrial Europe, people used to get up for an hour or two in the middle of the night to do chores, to sing songs, even visit their neighbors before going back for a second sleep. Waking up at night only becomes a problem in two situations. First, if a sleep disorder or other medical condition wakes you up much more often than usual, your sleep quality will be negatively affected. So for example, if someone has severe sleep apnea, their brain could be waking them up to breathe every two minutes or even more often throughout the whole night. Second, if someone wakes up a normal number of times but starts to think of waking up as a problem, their worry might start to keep them awake for longer and longer, which causes even more frustration, which leads to more wake time at night. And ultimately, this vicious cycle turns into chronic insomnia. Now, the best way to tell if you need to worry about your night wakings is by how well you feel during the day. If you function well, feel awake and alert most of the time, and you can fall asleep well most of the time at night, you're probably okay. Listen to your body, though. If it tells you that you're not getting enough sleep quality, you're, you know, nodding off when you shouldn't be, you're irritable or foggy, you're dragging your feet all day, even though, you know, everything else is going pretty well with your health, then it's worth revisiting your sleep habits or checking with a healthcare professional. Okay, so now we've talked about what happens during the night in terms of waking up, not waking up. Now let's talk about something else I get asked a lot, which is, how much deep sleep should I be getting? And usually this question comes in the form of myth number two, which is a statement saying, I should be getting deep sleep instead of light sleep. Now, if you have an Apple Watch or Fitbit or other wearable that tracks sleep, take a look at how much deep sleep you got last night. How do you feel about this number? A lot of people who come to sleep doctors for advice are worried that it's too low. They ask me things like, shouldn't I be getting way more deep sleep? Like, how am I even alive with this little? Shouldn't it be closer to like 100%? Now, that would be like saying your diet should consist of 100% protein. That's not necessary and not even healthy. In fact, only about 15 to 20% of your night should be deep sleep. About half the night should be light sleep and a quarter-ish should be REM, or rapid eye movement sleep. There should be a few percentage points of being awake, too. This way, you get a balanced sleep diet, with each stage of sleep doing what it's best at. Deep sleep does the janitorial work of cleaning your brain and releasing growth hormones. Light sleep helps you to rest your body and solidify what you learn during the day. And REM sleep regulates your emotions and memories. All of these stages are important. So deep doesn't necessarily mean better. And the best news is that you don't even have to manage the portion sizes for each stage of sleep. Your brain will automatically adjust how much you get of each, depending on your needs of this moment in your life. All right, so far we've busted a couple of myths about sleep architecture, which is just the shape of your sleep. Now, when we come back from the break, let's bust one of the most popular myths out there. And just a hint, it's about melatonin. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back, and I'm excited to give you myth number three, which is one of the most popular that I hear all the time, and it's that melatonin is harmless and it will make me sleep better if I have insomnia. Now, melatonin's popularity has been exploding. In the past 20 years, its consumption rate has more than quadrupled in the United States, so that even before the COVID-19 pandemic, over 2% of the population self-medicated with it. That may not sound like a lot, but consider that it represents millions of people taking a medication that is not FDA-regulated for sleep problems that it's not even meant to treat. So here's the 101 on melatonin. When it's naturally produced in your body, it's a hormone that helps your brain and body to operate on schedule. When you have a nice, robust 24-hour circadian rhythm, or also known as your body clock, your brain releases melatonin in the evenings to prepare all systems for sleep in the coming hours. In the wee morning hours, the melatonin in your system gradually decreases, signaling to the body that it will soon be time to wake up again. When melatonin comes in pill form, it's meant to treat circadian rhythm problems, such as delayed sleep phase disorder or chronic jet lag, by helping to shift the timing and amount of melatonin in your system. What it doesn't do is knock you out or cure insomnia. In some cases, like in children with autism, there is evidence that melatonin can be used to reduce sleep problems, but it's not an insomnia panacea for the general population. Now, you might be thinking, okay, maybe that's not enough evidence to show that melatonin helps to improve my sleep, but what's the harm in trying, just in case it works? It's over-the-counter, so it's just like a vitamin gummy, right? Think again. If you live in the United States, where melatonin is over-the-counter, as in not FDA-regulated, you might not be taking what you think. A bombshell 2017 study sampled 31 different brands of melatonin from drugstore shelves and found that the dosage of the pills varied wildly, sometimes almost five times what was advertised on the label. Not only that, sometimes the melatonin pills also contained serotonin, a control substance that can impact your neurochemistry. Besides, since melatonin is a timekeeping hormone, taking it at the wrong time might backfire and shift your circadian rhythm in the wrong direction. So even though you don't need a doctor's prescription to take melatonin, you really should talk to healthcare providers specializing in sleep before taking it. Okay, so this last melatonin myth probably was speaking to people who are worried about their sleep. 
Now let me switch gears a little bit and talk to those of you who maybe should prioritize your sleep a little bit more than you are. And so this myth, myth number four, is that you can train yourself to live on less sleep. Martha Stewart claims to sleep less than four hours per night. Elon Musk supposedly gets no more than six hours. Thomas Edison is reported to have shunned sleep as a vestige of our cave days, needing only three to four hours himself. Is it possible that these people and other successful people who brag about being superhuman really do need sleep so little? Sure, that's possible. Is it likely? Uh, That's where I'm skeptical. There are people who are genetically hardwired to need much less sleep than the average person, but these are very rare cases. Most adults do need around 7 to 8 hours of sleep per night, and often more. Young people in their teens and 20s especially need closer to 8 or 9 hours or even more than that. Sometimes I meet busy people who say they've learned to function just fine with sleeping just 4 or maybe 5 hours but they may not be realizing how much their lack of sleep is impacting them. One fascinating study from Sweden found that after one night of sleep deprivation, young women performed worse on a memory and attention task. Now, this was not surprising. Many other studies have found very similar patterns. Now, what was interesting was that these participants didn't think they were performing poorly. They were specifically asked how confident they were about their answers to the test questions, and the results showed that they were overconfident, not realizing that lack of sleep has set them back. Another study asked young adults how much sleep they think they need, then sleep-deprived them for one night. The next day, the researchers tested the participants' reaction speed. They found that people who were generally more resilient performed well, which is good news. But among the other participants who were less resilient, it was those who claimed to not need much sleep that suffered the worst performance deficit. So the next time someone tells you they only need four hours of sleep to function well, take it with a really big grain of salt. Okay, to recap, sleep is really important, even sometimes when it doesn't feel like it's impacting you much. However, we don't need to sleep all the way through the night like a deadlock in order to get good sleep, and we should appreciate every different type of sleep, every stage of sleep, for a balanced sleep diet. And we should be wary of melatonin, especially because it's not meant to treat insomnia and regular sleep problems, and you might not be taking what you think you're taking. Ultimately, what busting these myths tells us is that sleep is important but also flexible. We should treat our sleep with respect and care, just as we would treat a friend. And we should not expect sleep to be perfect, because that would be unfair and unnecessary. Listen to your body for cues that your sleep needs TLC, because your relationship with sleep is lifelong. And taking good care of it is a sure way to better health and happiness. Thanks for listening to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Jade Wu. And you can find my new book, Hello Sleep, The Science and Art of Overcoming Insomnia Without Medications, on bookshop.org, Amazon, or on the shelves at your local bookstore starting tomorrow, February 7th. And don't forget to tune in for more sleep advice over the next couple of weeks. We'll be talking about quieting your racing mind and sleep hygiene myths. The Savvy Psychologist is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with script editing by Adam Cecil. 
Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin, and our intern is Cameron Lacey. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.